yes, this is about that time. It is after 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time here. We are here uh, with another broadcast of Party Life and Music Radio. Uh, we are back here uh, with part two of our last discussion from December 19th with clinical social worker Sonia Ross. Sonia, how are you doing this evening? I'm fine, thank you. Ha- thank you for having me back. All right, happy 2018 to you as well. Happy 2018 to you and all your listeners. All right, all right. DJ FX, what's up, man? What is going on? What is going on? How you been? I've been good, man, despite everything that's been going on here in oh, the United man. States of America. <laughs> oh, it's, 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 it's to the point now where it's like, all right, well, what, what did he do this time? You, you, know, you know how you had that child in the classroom and they always kind of pick on him? And for some reason, it's like the parent get called over and the parent's like, all right, what did he do again? Well, like, you know, <laughs> this time he decides to open his mouth and put his foot in it. Yep. And yeah. you know, the sad part about it, he really doesn't care. That's that's the worst part about no, it. No, that's that's and he said put yeah. his foot in his mouth when is his foot not in his mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and <laughs> that's look, true. look and they blame Sagittarius for having foot and mouth syndrome. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like where did that come from? Yeah. Yeah. But this this fool had the nerve to say, um, you know, claiming countries like Haiti, mm-hmm. um, other nations in Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, Africa itself is a continent with a, a, a list of number of smaller countries, not Acor- states. Yeah, I was gonna <laughs> say, yeah. I'm like, according to him, he mm-hmm. said it was country. Yeah, country that, of Africa. Yeah. He yes. said that. Yeah, yeah. in yeah. a speech at yeah. the UN. <laughs> so there you go. Mm. And El Salvador basically referred to them as shithole countries. Yes, and you know. I got family from the Caribbean, and mm-hmm. and Haiti is part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, my according to my DNA, you know, my my family hailed from the southern region and the western regions of Africa, which is one hundred percent African. Let's just mm-hmm. get that out there real quick. Mm-hmm. So for this man to say that these countries are shitholes, after the West had pretty much raped the land of all the resources, of course, mm-hmm. Haiti was the first, you know. A black country, let's mm-hmm. just say, to actually gain the independence yep. mm-hmm. on their own, on their own, mm-hmm. exactly. And then you're talking about, you know, taking all the resources, the best of what they have, and leaving the devastation, leaving how it is right now, mm-hmm. pillaged. Yeah, it's pillaged. It's been raped. Mm-hmm. That's what that's what's happened. Absolutely. It's it's, it's just just a just a, con- a consistent thing that's been pretty much been happening all these years, yeah. and it continues. It just continues to just go down that same path. Yeah, yeah, even, you know, even with the Chinese, you know, mm-hmm. buying up land and property in Africa, yep. mating with women in Africa, because mm-hmm. no matter what they do in Africa, it is still owned by China. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But, you know, but I, again, I, I'm, I'm not against the melting pot, but when it comes, but when it involves economic, you know, takeover, mm-hmm. I, I really have mm-hmm. an issue with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, if you really think about it, it's one of those things where, okay, it's it's if you're going to grab resources, I get that. I understand that. Of course, some countries are not going to have some things like others might have. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like don't let it be one of those situations where you go into a place and say, okay, look, we need these things. Is there a way we can maybe barter or maybe trade? Well, they did that way, 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 way back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, once the Europeans <laughs> around that time pretty much got a taste of what Africa had and yeah. had to offer, because mm-hmm. we as a people, you know, we love to share. Yeah, we love to teach people how mm-hmm. to 
you know, properly do things, yeah. you know, learn things and the whole nine. Mm-hmm. They'll basically take it, claim it as their own, and say that they did it. And this is yeah, what has been going and, on. And that's and that's my point is let it be an acknowledgement, okay, this is where we got it from. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's really what it is. And sometimes I think that's where a lot of stuff gets lost in translation. Well, is there is no acknowledgement? Okay, we got that from you well know, in this place. In a the sense, they do. They did acknowledge it. If mm-hmm. you look around at the monuments here in DC, yeah, um, you'll see the signs. Like to say, for example, I'm, I'll shout out to Tony Brother for this information. Um, mm-hmm. The Library of Congress. When you look at the statues over there, mm-hmm. everything that's it's, it's, you, you notice why they're facing east. Mm-hmm. Everything is from Africa. Then it goes back toward the west. Okay. Okay. So you okay. know, in a sense, all that information is hidden in plain sight. But we'll, mm-hmm. we'll talk about that for another show. Right. So. <laughs> Sonia, <laughs> last time we talked, we picked up on the sexual abuse of black boys. Mm-hmm. And yes. before we jump into that, um, you pretty much heard what happened with Gabrielle Douglas and Simone Biles. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what is your take on that? Um, you're talking about the Olympic doctor. Yeah. And he, yeah. Uh, well, mm-hmm. you know, my take on that is that our children are very vulnerable. And when we put our child, our children into these elite athletic sports and we let send them off with strangers for years at a time, you know, predators like these type of environments. They like these environments where they can, you know, isolate young people, especially young people who have, you know, such a driven goal that no 12 or 13 year old reasonably has. Mm-hmm. And they've invested so much of themselves, they get to take advantage of them. And, you know, when, the, when you have 12 and 13 year old children having the dreams of 30 and 35 year old adults, they have put so much of themselves into it, they're not going to jeopardize it by speaking up or coming forward. So I commend them for, you know, finally speaking up. But, you know, it's unfortunate that they had to be in these circumstances because um, I heard a disturbing story uh, just yesterday about a white actress who was uh, sexually assaulted on the set of um, True Lies when she was 12. Yeah, Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know, this is the same thing. You know, she's 12. You know, she's on the set and, you know, her parents let her go off with a man Mm -hmm. who was their friend, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. He had, you know, he had groomed her and made her feel like she was important and like they were just going to hang out. But there's no reason for a 36-year-old man to be hanging out with a 12-year-old girl. Right, right. And so it's totally inappropriate. But even after it happened... You know, they, she told her parents, and they didn't take her to the police. Mm-hmm. They, you know, all this, they, you know, and again, it's putting so much control in a child's hands instead right. of actually, you know, parenting them. And the mom was talking about she was afraid, and I was thinking about, I was like, well, who's the adult? Exactly. I said, yeah. you talking about you afraid? I said, this man did this to your child, and she had to go to work the next day, mm-hmm. and then he dropped her mm-hmm. and broke her ribs. Mm-hmm. And so when they were doing stunts, so he punished her yep. after she had tried to report it to um, her agent or manager or whomever, you know. And these are how we allow our children to be abused. Yeah. yeah. We put them in these situations and we make them have, you know, so many economic responsibilities. And, you know, they can't because that movie, I'm sure she got paid for it a decent amount for a 12 year old. And it, I, they it, were was, pro- it was a box office smash. It so, was a box office yeah. smash. But, you know, and that put her on some entree to go and to do some other roles because she's on TV a lot when I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. And so I was like. But still, I said she had to be sexually assaulted to yeah. actually, yeah. You know, like, h- how yeah. could she ever feel safe in the world? And it's the same thing when parents, for whatever economic reasons, allow their child to have these adult lives and be mm-hmm. exposed to certain circumstances. And then when they're presented with the information their child has been abused, they don't do anything. I mean, it's, I thought it was, I just thought it was, you know, just really, really sickening because I was just like. Yeah. It, and, and again, it's, you know, it makes me wonder, you know, when is that 
Me Too movement going to include our black boys. Yeah, absolutely. You know, because, mm-hmm. I mean, I remember I got this information. It's out of an article out the Afropunk. This was just published in December. Mm-hmm. And they say that, you know, when a lot of black women and black men experience some sexual traumas, you know, when they feel... That, that they're like, for example, like they're going to, to school or whatever, you know, they, they, the, the self-confidence about who they are is pretty much taken away from them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they look in any place that they go is sort of a failure. And again, mm-hmm. this is stuff that happens from childhood going into adulthood. But, uh, you know, the question goes at times, when is the Me Too movie going to include everyone that's been abused, especially our black boys? Um, well, first of all, there's a certain element of racism in all of these movements yes. because you know you have you know rich white actresses talking about you know they were raped and you know excuse me they were you know some of them were raped some of them were you know fondled touched they had you know penises revealed you mm-hmm. know disgusting acts mm-hmm. all around mm-hmm. nobody's taking away from the disgust of those acts but there's generations of black women and black men who've been raped sexually abused yes. and had no voice had nothing to say about exactly. it and mm-hmm. so you know there's a lot of you know sympathy for what happened to rich white actresses but what about the people who just live who just live everyday lives who are working and you know they've been raped sexually assaulted exploited you know having to do things because you know they were trying to survive mm-hmm. and take in and, and, and taken advantage of and they don't want to because I thought it was really interesting I heard somebody say before that you know in this whole Me Too movement they don't ever emphasize how many like there was a whole slew of children mm-hmm. who said that they right. were raped yeah. by like an agent yeah why aren't, yeah. why aren't they talking about that I mean these children I mean now mind you this is not even black children these are right. just children right. so why right. wouldn't she say something about that mm-hmm. As, but the, there's like total silence they act like that didn't even happen and I'm like but these are boys who said who actually mm-hmm. reported that they were you know anally raped by their agent yes I said so there's that, and there's this, and then you go to the other layer as far as you know, black men, and I think it's just you know they don't want to acknowledge it because black men are invisible. They don't mm-hmm. want to ever see you know black men as actually having a soul and a spirit. And I'm not trying to speak for black men at all, but this is just my interpretation. They don't ever want to see black men as having a soul and a spirit that actually could be damaged, right. and that they could actually suffer from the same pains of having been sexually violated mm-hmm. because it's really you know. Um, it's really confusing that you can have all this sympathy for white women, but you barely have any sympathy for black women, and yeah. then you don't have any sympathy right. at all that for black men. That, so right. I, right. it's just um, it's just really, really, it's sad and unfortunate. This is why I appreciate the opportunity to come on and speak about the mental health of the black community, because nobody else is going to give us our self-awareness. We have to gain it for ourselves. We can't look on these people on TV and you know Oprah and all these different people to talk about, you know, it's our time. We have to take that time for ourselves exactly. and, you know, lift ourselves up. And that's why I really try to go out and speak publicly about the mental health in the black community, because... We have to gain that self-awareness so that we understand our healing is in our own hands. Right. We can't look for outside sources to give it to us or tell us that we have, we, that we have value and validate us. And, that, and that's true. And that's true. Because, again, just like you mentioned before, um, you know, when it comes to, you know, and, and, if, and you know, the race is always going to play some kind mm-hmm. of uh, factor in this. And, you know, even, you know, just kind of taking uh, just for just for a second, um, when, you know, when it came to, I think, uh, this uh, young lady from from the army mm-hmm. where she was, you know, hurt in the line of duty and she was, you know, a young white woman. Right. And, you know, she got a parade and, oh, she's, you know, she's she's strong mm-hmm. and prisoner of war. Yeah. Yep, prisoner I, of war. I, I know who you're talking yeah. about. Oh, was this some years ago? Yeah. Yeah. yeah and then yeah. she went on TV. She said they made all that up. She's right. Like, she's like, that didn't even happen. Right. right. Like, yeah. I don't even want to be associated with it, that. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, 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 you yeah. know, mm-hmm. and then it come out that it was a young black woman. 
Mm-hmm. We had went through the same, and, and I think in a lot of cases a lot worse. Mm-hmm. But didn't mention anything about it. There was no parade. Mm-hmm. There was oh she she's strong. None Nothing of that. And mm-hmm. I'm saying I said this this is you know this this is something that shouldn't really be you know a factor when you you know you talk about race. It's like okay this is a human being number Absolutely. one right. Mm-hmm. And you know dealing with you know young white women or young white men young white uh, young black women and mm-hmm. young black men mm-hmm. is when you're dealing with sexual assault and sexual abuse. It should be something that's taken very, very seriously. Mm-hmm, and, you know, they should have some kind of attention to where, no matter, you know, like I said, and you mentioned about uh, black boys. And that's I think that's one of the reasons why it took so long for Terry Crews mm-hmm. to come out and admit, you yeah. know, what happened to him. Mm-hmm. You know, because, again, you know, I'm, I'm still falling underneath that mantra. It's like, okay, you talking about Terry Crews. This fool was, was a linebacker in the NFL, mm-hmm. right, for a number of years. And you talking about somebody who's been taking a pounding on his body, built like a, you know, like, you know, he's solid. He's mm-hmm. like a truck. But then for him to come out and say, you know, well, I've been sexually abused. This is what happened to me mm-hmm. in my instance. And you're looking at him like, what? You? Really? Mm-hmm. Terry Crews? Like, like you look like you could take on 10 men by yourself. Yeah, yeah, but exactly. you have been sexually abused. And I'm saying, you know, and again, I had to get out of myself and to get out of, you know, that whole mantra and say, mm-hmm. hey, you know, yes, he's a human being, though. Mm-hmm. It's like, let me get, let me, let me strip away the color the, the gender, all of that. Mm-hmm. This is a human being. Mm-hmm. Like, something's happened to him. He's been traumatized. Mm-hmm. And we still have to give, you know, some kind of attention to that. We have yeah. to. Yeah, just a, a, a quick note I want to bring in real quick. Um, one of my colleagues from WPFW, mm-hmm. um, she is um, hosting a bi-monthly fundraiser. This is for NAMI, which is the National Alliance on Mental Illness. Um, this is going to be at the Busboys and Poets. Um, this is actually going to be the because they got so many locations. Um, this mm-hmm. is one in Northeast, um, 625 mm-hmm. Maroon Street, Northeast, on Sunday from 5 to 7. Um, really, donations like 10 to $20. So, you know, if anyone's interested in that, just, you know, reach out to me through um, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Mm-hmm. But just, just throw that out there because um, mental illness is still something that we're all dealing with, including negative 45. Oh, mm-hmm. yes. We, we definitely got I still a, think yeah. that fool is suffering from dementia at this stage yeah. in time. Yeah, I heard an interesting thing. I was watching Democracy Now! And they brought up a good point. They had um, a, a doctor or a social worker. I want to say she's a, maybe a psychiatrist. And she mm-hmm. said that what, and I'm being this is this is not a Saturday night Saturday Night Live joke. Right. I am being 100 percent serious. She mm-hmm. said that the warning there's been a, uh, a serious warning label on the products he uses for his baldness mm-hmm. that causes uh, some type of uh, you know cognitive issues, serious mm-hmm. cognitive issues, mm-hmm. and that he has been using these products for a, a number of, of years. years. And so mm-hmm. you know she was mm-hmm. saying that could possibly be an influence as well because it says it causes impulsivity, right. er, erratic behavior, affects your executive functioning, your cognitive function, all things that people constantly say they see right. in him, right. poor temperament. And if he's taking some medications that are having these adverse effects and mm-hmm. then he's, you know, running the country, I mean and, that's a reality. And eat yeah. McDonald's yeah, as often as he can. Yeah, eat McDonald's, and he's <laughs> I mean, a, and he's a huge steak eater. Who? Yeah, he's a huge mm-hmm. steak eater, mm-hmm. and you know, and and I'm and I'm, I'm kind of backtrack a little bit because I know, uh, you know, they just gave out his you know his doctor uh, appointment, and like you know, they already said, mm-hmm. oh, he's in excellent health, he's yeah. perfect, that's you know. But now, that. yeah, right, that's a lie, right, <laughs> and you know, that's why I'm thinking, like, okay, like you said, it's possibly a lie, and I'm I'm willing to believe that. And my thing is now, who is your doctor? Mm. That's a, that's another question I would have. Now, mm-hmm. my thing is, would you take him to a neutral doctor that has nothing to gain with this 
and say, okay, now this is what's really going on. Like, okay, now is he truly, you know, as good and as good a health as they as they say he is? Mm-hmm. Or like you said, now these chemicals <laughs> in his body doing these things. I don't care that's who going you on. are. You can't have a gut that big as his and yeah. think that you're going to be healthy at yeah. age seventy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ain't, and, and ain't no way. You're gonna be eating McDonald's fries mm-hmm. because uh, uh, those are the potatoes. Yeah, no, exactly. You know, because you can let that stuff sit out and age for a month for and it still mm-hmm. have its composure. It'll yeah, be that's, just that's, the way you bought it. That's, that's that preservative, man. You know, so you it's can't it. have all that stuff, all the chemicals running through your body and think you're gonna be 100 percent healthy. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So that's a bunch of BS right there. <laughs> that's crazy. And you know, no one is really gonna tell the truth because you know how these people operate. They'll ruin who are these people's lives and they'll never mm-hmm. be able to function. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And they and they live in fear. And intimidation so whatever doctor they use i mean i thought they had their i hope not they but i thought the white house has its own doctor and so That's what I was I, I, that it's not his personal doctor so mm-hmm. you know but you know they make things up who knows yeah, yeah. i mean yeah. i don't believe it at all he definitely has it because i'm like watching him i was like mm, yeah i mean and it also <laughs> goes back to um you know again it's like okay what do you stand to gain mm-hmm. you know that's it's always that you know is this in one of those instances is again is they have a lot to lose mm-hmm. and it's a thing of okay especially when it comes to office you know people yeah. are always going to try to say things like okay well i want to make sure i keep my seat so that way I can still, you know, get lobbyists and do things that I want, you mm-hmm. know, because they don't want to lose their seat. Because if somebody actually came out and said, nah, that fool lying, I just saw his doctors, you know, his doctors know it and he ain't looking too good. He probably shaking, probably got, you know, a little bit of Alzheimer's. Yeah. But, of course, you know, they, they're going yeah. to they see these things. And they're like, well, you know, it's like, nope, nope, nope. You know, Nedge, like, you know, the person right next yeah. to him was like, nope, don't say nothing, man. I'm trying to hold my seat for another four years, so right. don't say nothing. Don't say nothing, man. I'm trying, man. I, I got I got millions sitting back here because I'm trying to dump this toxic waste and, you know, and I can't do it nowhere else. So you don't say nothing, <laughs> you know. But it's like, come on, man. It's just about the country, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I let you know. You're on your own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But, you know, just picking um, back up from what we talked about last month, um, mm-hmm. you know, briefly, mm-hmm. is that I'm just, you know, concerned about – Still, I'm hearing more and more stories about the boys being abused. I remember yes. the Jerry Sandusky case mm-hmm. oh, um, right, out right, Penn State. That took know. so many years. And, yeah. yeah, and there was also recently, you know, I remember reading this article the other day um, that in the, on the West Coast, I think it was like San Francisco, what, what these white liberals are doing, mm-hmm. they're basically tracking down these gay um, prostitutes, gay black male prostitutes, mm-hmm. and yeah. the young mm-hmm. boys, mm-hmm. and what they've been doing is just been injecting them with like, um, um, what's that drug? I'm thinking about now. Um, begins with an M. It, 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 any, oh, I can't think of it either. But anyway, <laughs> it's some. It it's, it's it's the drug. I, 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 yeah, I, I thought. I think I know. Not methadone. Uh, yeah, methadone. Okay. They, methadone. Okay. Yeah, they're injecting on a whole lot of methadone, and mm-hmm. what's been happening is that one of the young men had died at this yeah, guy's apartment. Yeah, I heard. I heard that. Yeah, because the the person was a a, a Democratic donor. Yes, yes. A, a very wealthy mm-hmm. Democratic yeah. donor. Because mm-hmm. he's like he liked to film him. Uh, overdosing, right, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and take pictures of how they react and yes. how they look yes. afterwards yes. while they yes. get wow. and while he you know, abuses him while he's unconscious, yeah, and things of that nature. Yeah, there's perversion all around. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah that's that, that's a deep rooted issue. There. Absolutely, that's that's something yeah. that you know you need to put him in a straitjacket and then just say, hey, what what's going on? What well, let, let's let's go back even further. This has been going on since I mean. 
which time period do I want to bring up? <laughs> Let, let's, I mean, this has been, let's just say this has been going on since the, the days of Caesar, but okay. even Was then. Caligula? I'm sorry? Caligula. Yes. Yeah. And also, too, when you got the, the, the Vlads, the original Vlads mm-hmm. who were known as, as, as the good, what people refer to as vampires, mm-hmm. they in turn, their whole process was about having sex with men and mm-hmm. unprotected and doing the anal and things like that. Mm-hmm. My attitude as it way is portrays today, whatever you do in the bedroom is your business, but the problem is when you are seeking out other people to practice your perversion on, mm-hmm. that's when it's a, it's, it still is a real problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, see, this is you have to remember that you know white supremacy is not a is not a, a conservative or Democrat. Nope. White supremacy is just white people, right. you know, and they have white people doing these things. So he's he's a rich white man who somehow because he's a Democratic donor, they've shielded this man. Why hasn't this man been locked up? Right? Why money, it, money, it, money, it's just money, money? And they said he's raised like <laughs> hundreds of millions of dollars for them, or millions of dollars for them. But he was abusing this this young man. Mm-hmm. He had him hooked on drugs. They, I mean, one one article published some of his journal entries, and he was like, "Please help me. I think I'm going to die." Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, because family couldn't reach him. Because mm-hmm. yeah, because he basically kept the journal about where he was going mm-hmm. all the time, mm-hmm. and who was giving him the drugs. So yes. that's how they was able to put together based on that journal. Yes, you know, I mean. It's really this abuse of people and taking advantage of them and feeling like like you can do like awful things. To but this goes back to this whole thing is that, you know, I've heard people say before, I never really, I heard it. I was kind of like, eh. I mean, I didn't disbelieve it, but I'm really believing. I mean, I'm really believing. There obviously is a pedophile ring mm-hmm. in yeah. the yeah. United States yeah. And yeah. that has and the one that is particularly geared toward boys yeah. that they just want to do whatever they want to them they want to do unspeakable things to them and then because it's just total silence mm-hmm. no one ever they always have women which is good because I'm a woman you know talking about you know resources for them but mm-hmm. it's just total silence and I yeah. feel like they just want to continue to prey on this group so that they can separate them from their families mm-hmm. and you know reject them with drugs and do other unspeakable things to them and you know where's their support how do these young boys know like those those young men at the Disney Channel how did they know what kind of support right. they would get? Who could they have right. turned to? Right. That one of the people that you know he was on a show. Uh, my daughter used to watch. Mm. I was like, yeah, and it's it's yeah. It's, it's, it's sad, you know, because again, it's it's one of those situations. Again, you talking about kids, and they just don't have a voice. Mm-hmm. They don't have like you know a voice to say you know run to mommy and daddy and say hey this is what's happening. But you know even with a lot of kids, they just have so many barriers. Where even if they go to their parents and just like going back to Elijah Dushku. And it's a thing of, okay, well, I don't want to say anything because I'm going to mess up my income. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I don't want my, I know my child is going through something right now. Yeah. But because I'm making all this money, you know, you know, money, uh, you know, I, it could just, yeah. you know, I can just buy it all away. Yeah, you know? but that doesn't, that, to me, know, that doesn't logically make any sense. I'm not yeah. even talking about it as a social worker. It doesn't logically make your, make any sense. I'm mm-hmm. like, how would, how, there's no place on, no, my daughter cannot say anything to me about somebody touched her mm-hmm. and ejaculated on her. And then. Yeah, yeah that's, no. Yeah. It's just like. Yeah. What? Yeah. It's just like... Because I, I, I still go back to that point, and, and we mentioned this before, is how, as an adult, though, yeah. that you see this young child, mm-hmm. and you just all of a sudden have these thoughts of doing mm-hmm. unspeakable things to him. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, I can never process that. I can never process that. Like, why? Yeah. Like, why? Why, why? why would you do that? 
Mm. Well, the thing is, I'm, I'm almost, almost certain, and mm-hmm. you could correct me if I'm wrong, Sonya, that you know, some clients have come to you who has experienced those issues before they even mm-hmm. got to the point of, mm-hmm. of being uh, coming of age, oh, so absolutely. to speak. You know, absolutely. yeah. And in, in terms of and how you know they go through that process of abuse during that time, mm-hmm. preteen, teenage years, and they yeah, come out elementary to try, school, yeah. you're right, and try to be functioning adults. Yeah, yeah. they can't. I mean, I'm just curious, like, what percentage of cases have come across your doorstep, like, similar to that? At least for oh, it's very, very, very common. Like, when I worked in Anacostia, which is Ward 8 in Washington, D.C., I would say, like, 90% of the women told me they had been raped. Mm. 90%. And I probably, like, 30% of the boys told me that they had been, like, mm. like, mm. like, could overtly tell me that they had been touched or someone had violated. Mm. But I think it was probably, because sometimes, like, like I said before, they don't realize that's what it was. Mm-hmm. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's so buried deep in their mind. Because I work with one client, he was fifth, in his 50s, and he had never told someone. I, I, I recounted this story before yeah. about how he had been groomed and he took him to a mm-hmm. Michael Jackson concert mm-hmm. and stuff like that when mm-hmm. he, in the 70s. He had never, I was the first person he had ever told, and he was in his 50s. Wow. So, you know, wow. sometimes it's so buried so deep in your mind. And, you know, when you see a lot of our people that are chronically, you know, on drugs and stuff mm-hmm. like that, I tell people, somebody raped them. There's no, because functioning human beings who are healthy in their soul, they don't do drugs. Mm-hmm. They're not trying mm-hmm. to disassociate themselves from the world. Right. They're like, oh, he's yeah. just an addict. Well, yeah. how did you become an addict? How would you, because it's all about escapism. Mm-hmm. It's always, you're trying to escape the pain. And as black people, we can't go to the doctor and say, my, my psyche hurts, my yeah. soul hurts. That's not seen as an illness or a thing. It is, it's just, that's just not a Western thing. That's a very, you know, Eastern thing to say, mm-hmm. I have a, a, a spiritual or soul pain. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. but it's, no one can do that in general. But then you have a black boy saying that. You can't articulate in, that your psyche hurts or that somebody's hurt you or even say, you know, the words to put it, to verbalize it because it's it's horrifying. Yeah. How could you even say that? So um, it is very, very common. And I, and, you know, still routinely, it's so, like, if I'm talking about the clients I have now, probably like 30 or 40%. It's, mm. just, it's, mm. just, it's just very, very, very common. A lot of people, you know, at 10, 12 years old, have them, mm-hmm. not because they don't have trusting relationships with their parents, having to confront their abuser. Right. To tell them to stop. Right. You know, I mean, I've met women who still to the carried her on a relationship with um, with her abuser up until she was in her 20s mm-hmm. because he mm-hmm. had her convinced that he loved her <laughs> yeah. and he it's... had been and he had been abusing her since she was 11 so what do you recommend wow. to as, as, a, as a clinical social worker mm-hmm. what are one of the many ways you, that that cycle can be broken you know and 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 what and on a physical level mm-hmm. on a mental level is one thing but I also want to you know how how would you recommend it could be broken down to the DNA level? Well, okay. The physical cycle can be broken by actually removing, if you, if possible, children or adult, removing yourself from the situation. And so I'll speak about adults breaking the cycle because mm-hmm. children, unfortunately, they're very trapped in their circumstance. And so, mm-hmm. like I said mm-hmm. before, you know, try to tell someone, to, at the, not try, please tell someone at the school, a teacher, a counselor, um, a trusted member of the church if you feel like that's a safe place for you or your parents if you feel like your parents are really going to believe you. But unfortunately, a lot of kids, their parents don't believe them because yeah. it's too... Di- and I'm not, this is not showing sympathy for the parents because I don't have any sympathy for parents who ignore their children when mm-hmm. the children tell them mm-hmm. they're abused. Right. But I understand when they tell me that when, when the parents said they don't know how to respond is because it's too horrifying to believe mm-hmm. that someone did that to your child because ultimately the responsibility is yours. Right. And, you know, to live with that guilt as a parent, they rather disassociate themselves with it and mm-hmm. point the finger at the child mm-hmm. and say, you know, you must have done something. 
that this, you must have initiated something or this is your fault mm-hmm. instead of really having to say, no, as a parent, I obviously missed something and this is where I have to step in and protect my child from being damaged any further. Right. And for adults, adult women and men who are seeking um, to heal their wounds, you know, definitely you have to go talk to a professional. I'm not, I, even though I do therapy, I'm not going to tell you it is the answer for everything. Right. But certain deeper subjects, mm-hmm. you have to have someone who can help you sort through your psyche to go deeply into these issues. And for people who want a black clinician, please go to therapy for black girls. Even mm-hmm. if you're a man, mm-hmm. please go to therapy for black girls mm-hmm. because yeah. there's a you know I'm listed there. There's thousands, literally hundreds and thousands of black female therapists right. listed on that website. And this is a good resource for people to have, find a therapist who's black. Right. And so you know you have to have somebody who's going to help you sort through it. And it's it's very difficult. It's very painful. So you have to get to the place where you have enough emotional resolve that you. Really Really want to dig mm-hmm. into this issue personally when I'm working with clients I'm not one of the persons who's going to tell you that we need to talk about every time the person touched you where and how it felt right. and stuff like yeah, that yeah, yeah, there's yeah. other that's yeah. re-traumatizing there's yeah. other ways to go into it that actually helps you to learn how to be present in your body mm-hmm. learn that you have your power and a lot of things which you have to do when you start first working with people who have been sexually abused their boundaries are off Completely, You know, they have trouble saying no to anything and everything. A lot of times they have, you know, they self-medicate with food. They self-medicate with alcohol. You know, their abuse, um, the trauma from their abuse has manifested in their body as a lot of uh, physical health symptoms. Mm -hmm. Their health is out of control. So there's a lot of work to be done there. Um, But the first step is to seek out, you know, therapeutic support for somebody to help you. Because these are not issues you can deal with alone. Because you've been poisoned and contaminated so early, Mm -hmm. your mind cannot even think straight. Because it it just totally reorients who you are as a Mm -hmm. person. Yeah, remind me of them 12 um, children that were shackled in the basement by the parents. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And when they say ages range from 2 to 29, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and the 17-year-old is the one who snuck out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's there's no laughing matter. I I, I can't make no jokes about that whatsoever because mentally, and I'm going to the 29-year-old first, mentally, he or she must have been in a space where, as they say in the movie, get out the sunken place Mm -hmm. for so long that you couldn't, you know, yeah. How, who knows how long that person had been down there? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And he could that exactly. that could have been all he or she knew. So mm-hmm. there was, and you know, it's it's just it's just really awful that people do these things to each other. But you know, as a community, we need to come together, and when we see these issues happening, we have to speak up and we have to come forward. And we can't say that some level of abuse is okay because there's no level of abuse no. that's okay. Yeah, because yeah, because uh, not to cut you off, but mm-hmm. just want to ask, um, uh, you know, in, in uh, continuing with that, is you know, why would you think? Uh, or what do you think the factors would be that somebody would turn a blind eye to something like that? Like, what says, okay, they see something happening that's mm-hmm. traumatic as that, mm-hmm. and they say, oh, you know what? They'll handle it. Like, what would make somebody do that? You, you don't want in a family or just like a regular person? Like who's a regular affiliate, person affiliated could with be the in situation. The fa- it could be in a family, regular person. Yeah, because yeah. people, it, it, this is, I don't know where this, the, the stage people are in their human consciousness or what, but it happens mm-hmm. across, not even with issues that serious. Mm-hmm. People are like, I don't want to rock the boat. Mm-hmm. I'm still trying to get mine. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not even, I'm not, it's not worth the risk. So mm-hmm. I don't think it's worth, you know, saying anything to anyone. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I personally don't understand how people do that. Cause we have like list basic minimal issues and you'd be like, well, should we address it? Oh no, I don't want to do it. I'm scared about it. It may affect my position. Right. See. And so it goes back to, so then when there's bigger issues, people don't say anything at all because, you know, let's be honest about it. There's many times where the mother knew that, you know, the dad, 
the uh, uncle, the mm-hmm. boyfriend yeah. was mm-hmm. molesting mm-hmm. the, the son or the daughter, or whoever it may be, Step-mom and they mm-hmm. stayed yeah. because you know they were afraid of the economic consequences. So I mean, it, a lot of a lot of women. I'll be I'll, I'll be honest. Let's be fair. A lot of women do speak up. They do walk away. They do run away. They go to shelters. They do all. But there's mm-hmm. not enough that have stayed, and their children are devastated. It's more harmful to stay because the children mm. are devastated. Yeah, and I and I would ask uh, also as well. Now, would it be a thing where maybe family therapy would have to start there, and maybe mm-hmm. like a separate thing after that? Oh, absolutely. That? It, anytime you're dealing with abused children, mm-hmm. for children, yes, family therapy. It's automatic. Mm-hmm. You have to have family therapy. Mm-hmm. They can't because you have to under you have to have a good trained person with family therapy, yes. which I do not do. Yes, and a good trained person for family therapy to kind of dissect. You know, okay, what what were you thinking? What were you seeing? Addressing the mom's mm-hmm. guilt, addressing mm-hmm. the dad's mm-hmm. guilt. Addressing, you know, what the child feels. You know, because oftentimes the children feel betrayed, and they don't have the words to say that they feel yeah, betrayed. Right. They feel yeah. let down. Yeah, and no one protected yeah. them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like when you out in the store and you see someone disciplining the child, mm-hmm. yeah. and they're literally wailing on them, going off, and yeah. you kind of like, yeah, uh, you know, is, yeah. is it my? Is it my duty to step in? Is my duty mm-hmm. if I do I think it's going too far? Do I need to call the police? Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean. I mean, and, and and I'm just asking you as a parent, how would yeah. you respond to that, or have you responded to that before in the past when you you know out with your little girl when she was younger? Like, yeah, because you know how like again, some children they act up. Some of them are a little mm-hmm. hyper than others. You know, yeah, and yeah. And, and again, yeah. sometimes you know, parents don't really instill values or, or, or manners in them when they're home. So when they go out in public, they act up. Yeah. And then people see the <laughs> aftermath of why is this person taking off their belt in the middle of the supermarket and is wailing yeah. on it? Yeah. I, I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have seen a couple of different things. I have not seen like overt. Like physical abuse, yeah. Um, in the store, okay. So, like, we're all from some f- part of the diaspora, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, of course, I've been some places and seen a Caribbean lady or an African lady, yeah. <laughs> or yeah. let's give it, let's be honest, you know, the Spanish lady with her what was it, chiclita, the, the sandal, and you know, yeah. and, yeah. <laughs> and they spank a wonderful. Yeah. And I'm not gonna say anything to that because yeah. that's not to me. That's not abuse. You know, you have. Hit, I've seen some slippers and I've seen some sandals. You yeah. know, hit them on the Especially bottom. Especially in the summertime, take the flip-flop oh, off. <laughs> I've seen oh, it. my God. I've seen, I've seen mm. that, but I have never seen any outright physicals. The thing that probably disturbed me one time is that I was in the store with my daughter, and a woman spoke to her son very nasty. She called him, like, an N, and yeah. then she called him, a, like, she uh, cursed at him. Yeah. No, she wasn't, call, she wasn't uh, talking in a colloquial sense. She no, was being I, real, I, real I, nasty I, I, with I him. I didn't yeah. see some of those when I was fresh. Yeah. I was younger. I seen yeah. a lot yeah. of those. she called him, you know, she, and he was looks and, so... And your, and your daddy ain't shit neither. I yeah, heard that yeah, too. Yeah. <laughs> and she said yeah. something else that I can't remember, and he just looked really hurt by it. And I was just kind of looking, and I was just... My daughter was still small, because I think she was still in the front of the carriage mm-hmm. in the super or wherever we were. I think it was Target or whatever, and I was just like, "That's so unnecessary." Yeah, speaking yeah. him like that, because yeah, I've often, I've, I've actually heard a parent say, "I wish you were never born." Yeah, I've absolutely. heard that. Yeah. Uh, yes, and that's, and and that's said, so wow, da- that's really? so damaging to, yeah. to the child's self esteem, and they carry that for years. Yeah, when you see people with self esteem issues, someone has told them that they shouldn't be here, mm-hmm. and it's really hard for someone to recover from that. Yeah. yeah. Well, mm. I mean. You know, and the, and the thing is, you know, as they go into adulthood, you know, this is when they come to your practice mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and sit down and say, why am I having problems with relationships? Why am I having problems? Ooh, yeah. And I don't mean uh, intimate relationships, mm-hmm. business relationships, <laughs> professionals, mm-hmm. you know, and 
and again, it, it, before we even get into race about it, you mm-hmm. know, just in general, it, it's one of those things where I, I, I see that like, man, how is this person going to be able to get through it? Mm-hmm. Now, bringing race into the picture, especially as black men, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, when we are not taught properly how to express ourselves and mm-hmm. be ourselves mm-hmm. and, and, and do it in a manner mm-hmm. where, yes, you, you, you feel a certain way. Yes, mm-hmm. you want to communicate it. At the same time, there are times you just feel like, you know, going off with the hands. Like, look, this is da-da-da-da-da-da. Mm-hmm. And yet in the professional world, they try to, they don't, not try, they will count that against you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> mm-hmm. So what is your advice to, to, to individuals who come into office like that? Just in general, what's the best way to like if any a situation occurs and they're really upset about it, mm-hmm. and they're trying to find the best way to express it without putting hands on somebody? Right. Well, I mean, there has to be levels to it. I mean, when I'm working, are you talking about men or women, or what are you talking? I'm I'm, I'm focusing on men right now. Yeah, I w- there's levels to it. I mean, I always try to tell male clients like you know you need to address it before you're, you're before you're even irritated. Mm-hmm. Like establish your voice in your work environment in a calm voice. And I know it's really hard, especially for black men, because they're always seen as, you know, a threatening, yeah. a threatening presence. Yeah. But you have a right to establish your voice as a regular human being right. before you even escalate. The escalation comes because you're suppressing it. Yes. And you're kind yes. of always going, oh, you know, let me let me just quiet down. Let me not say anything. But no, you can address it in a peaceful, calm way. And you're not and you're not going to be. I don't think you would be seen as aggressive. You have every right to speak up for yourself, just as anybody else would. Right. And, you know, your feelings and your value in the work environment is just in, as important as anybody else's. And if you started off that way in the beginning and learn how to speak on an issue, because, you know, sometimes with my clients, I have to kind of do, like, role rehearsal. Like, how would you say, like, they want me, they want to literally use my words to express <laughs> <Yeah>. themselves <laughs> to other people. Like, sometimes my clients are taking notes, and then sometimes, yeah. you know, they want to, like, record something. And I'm just like, wait, hold on a second. I need you to say it in your own voice, because, mm-hmm. you know, they're worried about, you know, forgetting, and, you know, sometimes, you know, brothers... I love them, but sometimes, you know, they don't yeah, always, yeah, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. you know, keep the words together like they should. Yeah. And so, you know, be clear and succinct in what they're trying to say. So I was just like, you know, you have to, but you have to learn this. And then when you're working on more intimate spaces, you have to, you know, just tell them from the jump, you know, when I'm working from, with male clients, if you're having issues with your partner, mm-hmm. you know, let her know immediately what mm-hmm. the issues are. Don't wait. Don't try to hide it and, you know, take a... Because a lot of guys, when they're trying to be in a monogamous relationship, they want to be the good dude, so they won't speak up. They'll right. kind of take a passive role. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'll say, no, you should address that with her. If you're unhappy about this, you know, you speak up for yourself. Don't let her walk all over you. Mm-hmm. I said, because you trust me. She's not going to respect you anymore. I mean, I'm speaking to you as a woman and as a therapist. Right. You have to speak up for yourself. And you can. And also, they always, again, they always worry about if they're trying to be a good dude. Like, they want to speak. They think that... Um, It'll be interpreted as aggressive. I was like, no, if you're having a conversation, you bring it up in the beginning, it's not going to be interpreted as aggressive. Just say, I'm not happy with that. And now if mm-hmm. she gets aggressive, then you can talk about why she's getting aggressive and right. why she's not trying to hear what you're trying to say. Right. Yeah, it's to be in divorce court. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. But, but there's a long way to divorce court. Yeah, yeah. There's a long way to, to divorce court. Yeah, how, how did Judge Maybelline say it? Look deep before you, before you leap? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what she used to say. Mm-hmm. But speaking with that, because I also want to actually, you know, actually pick it back off of what you said about relationships and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Now, I found this, because uh, I don't know how far you can go with, like, depression, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. Just want to kind of get your point on this. Um, but I found this article in the Washington Post. This was actually published, I think, about a couple, no, January 6th. Uh, this was 2014. 
And they were asking, well, the title of it is, Why Are So Many Millennials Depressed? Mm -hmm. And a therapist points the finger at mom and dad. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, you know, I I mean, that could go either way. But, I mean, I I like to get your take on that, though. But I just want to give you just a little piece that I found interesting. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, it says, Rates of depression are soaring among millennials in college. Mm -hmm. Uh, A 2012 study by the American College Counseling Association reported a 16% increase in mental health visits since 2000. And a significant increase in crises uh, or crisis response over the past five years. Mm -hmm. According to recent studies, 44% of college students experience symptoms of depression and suicide is one of the leading leading causes of death among college students. Now, like I said, I definitely want to get your comments on that um, and what factors you may feel that may, may, I don't know, may have contributed to some of that. Because, I mean, it could be skewed. I don't know. But that's, you know, this is what they kind of published, like, about three years ago. Yeah, I mean, it could definitely, it could be skewed. But mental health in colleges is very, very high. Right. It's very high. Right. Like, the counseling centers can't even deal with all the people that they have who have mm-hmm. mental health issues. Um, for this generation, I find, I don't, I find millennials very curious. Only thing I can tri- contribute to is that they have an unrealistic expectation of how the world works. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of parents have... Worked very very hard, yeah. you know, because you know yeah. we could we could all be parents. I mm-hmm. am a parent. I don't know. I know Floyd's not. I don't know if you are, but you know we could all be parents. I'm and not. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm a parent, but we're all within the age to have children who could be literally in college. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so yeah. and so when you have this, a lot of parents, you know, from our generation have worked very very hard to make sure their children have you know everything they need, and but they've also mm-hmm. set them up in a bubble, yeah. so they don't know how they're overwhelmed. I think, and they don't know how to navigate this situation. Right. I know, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, not to cut you off. Mm-hmm. Just kind of give you a point. You can continue after mm-hmm. this because uh, they did give you a point of heli- uh, helicopter parent. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so they just kind of piggybacking off what you just said. Yeah, I mean, they don't give them an actual chance to actually gr- grow and experience the world and know that they're going to have adversity and challenges and things like that, and that everything is built for them mm-hmm. and they can't control everything. You know, the environment they're living in is unrealistic. So when they go to college, they're completely overwhelmed. They don't know how to function. They start having sex. They start doing a lot of drugs. And, you know, they're just completely skewed about the whole thing. And you're just like, you know, because they had never gotten a sense from themselves that they could have any sense of control. You know, I mean, I think that you're better off as a parent if you let your child know that they have the ability to shape their own world Mm -hmm. and that they have some say in what happens in their life. Mm -hmm. Not to the extreme, but, you know, but this other thing where they're completely inoculated, and this is why a lot of them say that a lot of millennials are narcissistic. They're very self-centered because they live in this whole environment where everything is about them. Mm -hmm. They can take their pictures 50,000 times a day. They can be on Instagram. They can be on Twitter. They can be on Snapchat. Everybody, they're always being fed in some way. about the selfie. It is about the selfie, but so that when they go to college and things like that, they don't really have a, a good perspective on how the world really works. No, really, you have to turn in your paper on time, and you will get an F. Mm-hmm. Yes, and then you're mm-hmm. going to have to tell your parents why you flunked this course that was fifteen hundred dollars. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, well, first of all, I definitely want to give a shout out to the parents who are raising their children correctly. Yeah, <laughs> you know. And I, I know I mean that. All jokes aside, Stay I mean I have a, I'm a friend of mine. <laughs> um, shout out to Tiki. She's known as Marilyn's hairstylist. <laughs> you know, she told her daughter, you know, her children, not but not about daughter, but all her children, said by fifteen. Years old, you got to have your own business, mm-hmm. and that stuck with them to to where they're going to college and they're running their own business. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm trying to infuse some of that into my daughter as well. We're trying. I'm like, I'm trying to let her know that the environment you have going out there is not anything you want to participate in. I'm just saying, it mm-hmm. just isn't. Mm-hmm. 
so I'm even at this age, I'm trying to be a little pro- proactive and, you know, instill in her that we need to have something for you so that when you go to college, you're not going to be scrambling around like everybody else. If you want to work at the Chick-fil-A, you can work at the Chick-fil-A because that's one of her goals. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, yeah. she, but right. if you, but that's not, can't be your whole thing. Right. You know, if you're in college. No, no. because you have your little piggy bank mm-hmm. and you have your money coming in from another mm-hmm. source. So if you want to try out working at Chick-fil-A, mm-hmm. fine, work at Chick-fil-A. But that's not going to be, like some of those people who work at Chick-fil-A because they have no other choice. There you and go. it's yeah. do or die. There you go. And right. I know there wants you, you to be in that place where it's do or die for you. Yeah, ne- definitely not forever. Yeah. You because know, even in my classroom, you know, because a lot of times I'll actually kind of like jump away from the lecture for a minute mm-hmm. just to kind of give them some real life. Um, you know, because I'm majority like, you know, in their 20s, mm-hmm. you know, early to mid 20s, you know, just coming out of high school. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of times I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, of course, see a student on their phone. You know, it's like for some reason, whatever, they're on their phone, the most, most important thing, I guess. Right. right. So then I start dropping some real knowledge on them. I'm saying, well, do you know every time somebody like every time you post something on Facebook, somebody's watching you? Like, do you understand this? Mm-hmm. And it's not like all your friends. Right. Mm-hmm. We're talking about people, like, who are predators and want yeah. to scam all your stuff and all this other stuff. Like, do you realize that? And a lot of times, you know, it's, it's always the young women. And they always give me this, like, shock look on their face. Like, nobody's told them that. You know? And I look at them mm-hmm. and say, no, if your parent hadn't told you, you know, I'm telling you now. You know, because I don't want nothing to happen to you. You know, we're the, you know, yeah. a, a, an institution of higher learning. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to help you learn something. Mm-hmm. Outside of what's going on inside this classroom, because all right. you're doing is just here, just to get a grade, you know, just to pass a course or whatever the case is. But do you really know what's really happening outside your door? A lot of them don't. Mm-mm. They don't. Yeah, unless they're trying to get, I don't know, fifty thousand followers and, yeah. and 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 make a record or stuff. You know, you know I mean, <laughs> what's the point? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's good. You know, you know, for all your friends, if you want to be that <laughs> social, you know, you know butterflies. I've you heard know, they want to be a model, whatever. Okay, yeah. it's all good. But um, that's great if that helps your business. Then I, but fine. I'd have been like, yo, you in my class? Give me the phone. <laughs> you know, exactly. You <laughs> if know, if it rains or if it's an emergency, I'll. Toss it yeah, back. <laughs> exactly. You know, because I tell them, trust me, I tell them and I give them so much, you know, things, especially like when it comes to movies. I love Die Hard movies and I always yeah, use this as an example. And it's, it's uh, I think it was uh, with uh, Lifria Die Hard and there's a scene in where they're talking about, um, uh, I forgot the name of the place, but this is a place where they have all of your data stored. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're talking about credit card information, mm-hmm. social security numbers, all this stuff. And, and I tell them, I said, well, in the movie, of course, it's fictionalized and all this other stuff, but there really is a place where all of this stuff is stored. Mm-hmm. And if one little EMP, and I had to explain what, what that was, electronic magnetic pulse, mm-hmm. if it wipes all that stuff out, mm-hmm. you're basically done. You're mm-hmm. dead in the water. And, again, some are like, yeah. Others are like, there's a place out there like that? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. like, I'm not, like, I'm not lying to you. Like, and for I'm not DJs, kidding. it's called SoundCloud. Right? <laughs> exactly. You know, MixCloud, all of them, right? It's, well, MixCloud is a better platform, but that's yeah. another show. Yeah, there you go. There you go. But just to, you know, to kind of you know, piggyback off what you're saying is, you know, we, it's, it's, we, we, we have so much information. And, you know, it's, it's, we got Facebook, we got Instagram, we got Twitter, you got Snapchat, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's all out there. But we use them for what we want to use them for, but not what we need to use them for. And, you know, and and of course, going back to young kids and millennials, especially when it comes to brothers, is, you know, we, you know, that's why a lot of times, and I always say this, and I know I've said this at a party before, and sometimes I want to tell them before I leave is stop acting fucking niggerish. (laughs) Because, again, (laughs) as us, as brothers, it's like, look. And I always said, in, in going back to, you know, do the right thing with, yeah. with Lawrence Fishburne. No, I'm sorry, school days. Yeah. Uh, with Lawrence Fishburne, he was like, look, you know, Samuel Jackson, like, man, just because y'all going to college, y'all think y'all better than us. Yeah. You know, you know, y'all niggas and all this other stuff. And Lawrence Fishburne walked up to him and was like, look, 
you're not niggas and just walked off. Right. I said, that's powerful right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And ever since yeah. then, I was like, look, I'm like, you know, anybody always call, you don't want to call themselves niggas. Even Cat Williams like, look, we niggas. I'm like, dude, you're not a nigga. I understand right. it's for, you know, comedic purposes. Yeah. I get that. It's funny. But look, deep down, you are not a nigga. You, you haven't. The only time you call a nigga is when somebody don't look like you. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, they, and I agree. Even though they have niggerish tendencies, right? I, you know, <laughs> I, I mean, it could be nigga so, shit. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying. You I, know, I get, that. I get that part. But I'm like, but deep down, yeah. as as a people, we yeah. are not niggas, and we definitely have to do better as far as uplifting our own, especially when it comes to our children. Mm-hmm. Is we de- definitely need to let them know, like, hey, the sky's the limit for you. Just like you were talking about before, like, yo. Yeah. Have your business if you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, put it in there about savings and about money, getting that education, and don't be stuck where you are. Absolutely. Do not be stuck where you are. Because I always tell my own people, like, look, go outside your backyard. Mm-hmm. See well, what's around it. Absolutely. Which reminds me, one, one, I guess one of my last questions here, Sonia. Um, so far, have you been dealing with any clients that have been affected by the recent immigration policies? Mm-hmm. And, when I, and, mm-hmm. and, I, and I'm bringing an example up. Mm-hmm. Well, you got families who've been living here for years, mm-hmm. but yet they had to, the parents are being deported and the children are stuck. Yeah, yeah not, not those from Norway, but you know. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> no, not the ones from Norway. Because no. why would Nor- they, they, the people in Norway leave? They have a good social system. Of course. Yeah, they, they, have, they have a much better time exactly. over there. Yeah. Why would they, they only come here to visit. Exactly. <laughs> you know? No, actually, I have not had a. I haven't had any clients who have been had any issues with immigration or things like that. No, okay. most of my clients are like black women and black men. Mm-hmm. So, all right. I mean, it, it, I mean, unfortunately, it, I not, mean, I mean, they're not yeah. even from. I mean, they're not even from the Caribbean. They're right. like all like black Americans. Yeah, got you, yeah. got you. Like, I seen her around the corner. She always, <laughs> always, always she'll go by the bus stop. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know Tina and them. I know them. I know them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I, I, again, you, you talk about the mental health crisis. I mean, yes. that's an industry right now that's really, how can I put this? You, you got a few people out there like yourself that's actually doing the work to sincerely help yeah. people get through the trauma. Yeah. Yeah. And then you got those who are just capitalizing on it just to give them drugs and mm-hmm. prescriptions mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, just to make money off of them. Yeah, well, know? that's a form of social control. And I think when people, I think there's actually um, a, a burgeoning group of clinicians who are black who don't want to do that. They mm-hmm. don't. There's, mm-hmm. You know, I've connected with some people on Facebook and a you know, clinical group that I'm in, in on Facebook. And they're just, they're about the healing of our people. They're not looking to make any type of I mean we want to live no yeah, don't, don't make, and we are we are entrepreneurs don't get mm-hmm. that wrong but we understand that what we're doing is um, we're doing undertaking a service to our community and mm-hmm. that we want to make mm-hmm. sure that we're serving them in the best way possible yes. and so like for me um, pers- funneling people towards medication is kind of a last resort or in like most severe cases and most of my clients don't need that 75% of them don't yeah, need that they're, they're, they're okay but yeah um, yeah but it there is an interest to it because I, I just try to tell um, our community they want us to be sick and confused because when we're sick and confused we're mm-hmm. more easily led yep. mm-hmm. and so we're more easily controlled I mm-hmm. said so that's why I'm always trying to encourage people to really take a hold of their own healing so that they can actually get themselves out of this place because the more confused you are the more people can ramp up fear mm-hmm. the more people can ramp up mm-hmm. you know terrorizing you because you know before the conversation started on the air we were talking about the things that are happening with the administration and yes. this, that, and how people are scared and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You can't be scared when you know who you are. And this is yeah. a temporary situation. I know it yeah. seems like the sky is falling, but this mm-hmm. is a temporary situation. Yeah. Even if it's four or eight years, it's a temporary situation. Oh, yeah. it is. And so, I mean, I said three and a half. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. <laughs> <Be hopeful. laughs> whatever what, 
whatever your wish is, it's temporary. It's temporary. I, you know, it's I a temporary agree. situation. And, we've, and we survived much, much worse because we lived in a country at a time where there were no rights. You couldn't do anything. Oh, yeah. Man. yeah. Oh, oh, my God. You're talking about dogs and the water and, you know, I mean, I mean even no. with Bush. And that's one of the reasons why Bush got elected the second term because he put the, you know, the fear out there. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like, that, you could have this. Well, or that you have, also, you know. also the, he also created that church-based initiative, too. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. So that's when yeah. he got through of a Negro's. To vote for him, yeah. You know? So yeah, yeah. He, he played his cards right on that yeah. one. So that's yeah. how you fool Appeal people. Appeal to the right people, you know. If you yeah. say the right thing, then you know, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, but you if know. you're looking for your politicians to rescue you, then you really are. You're in bad shape because they're not going to do anything I for agree. you. Yeah, I mean, I'm not vote. saying you should vote. Yeah. You should vote locally, definitely. And mm-hmm. if you want to vote on the federal level, that's up to you. But you should definitely vote locally in spate and pay attention to what's happening in your local jurisdiction. I mm-hmm. said, but these people are not going to rescue you. No. Make sure that you're taking care of yourself mentally. Physically, spiritually, and emotionally. Make sure you're getting your money right. Make sure you own some property if you can here or abroad. Mm-hmm. And then you have to plan for your children's future. Mm-hmm. I say because I mean, all we have is ourselves and each other. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that is so true. And you know, the thing that concerns me is that everything that we're hearing that's coming out of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue mm-hmm. is fear-based. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, literally fear-based. Even when people run into issues on the job, it is fear. Based. Mm-hmm. I've been saying this for years. Mm-hmm. It's been fear based because everybody, you know, I'm not advocating losing your job and letting somebody verbally mm-hmm. have it, but yeah. what I'm saying is if you're going to, anyone going to respond in such a way, don't do it from a place of fear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anger, right, righteous anger is one thing, but mm-hmm. for fear, that's a that's a whole different mm-hmm. world that we don't need to be in. Mm-hmm. I heard somebody say something I thought was really powerful. They said, "Keep you staying in a the job, they're basically paying you to sit on million dollar ideas." Yeah, and I was like, yeah. I was like, yeah. that's that's true. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I mean, is. there's a lot of genius in our community. A lot of people who can do a lot of things. We're not telling anybody to walk off your job. You don't have to do that. But explore what's going on inside you. Ex- you know, pursue your creative initiatives. Mm-hmm. I say start a business, even if it's a small business. I mean, we can't, we just cannot be dependent on these stressful environments right. and try to trying to navigate them because it's becoming quite clear. Like these environments are not made for us, and we are creative no. enough that we can remove ourselves from the situation. I mean, like if you have a higher calling, like a teacher or something like that, that's fine. But if you're just shuffling papers and filing stuff at a job, yeah, you may want to like look around. Yeah. That's why I love music. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I love that's, DJing. That's both of us. That's both of us. Trust me. If I, if I, if they, somebody told me they paid me like a million dollars just to spend for, trust me, I'm like, I'm telling my my dean and everybody, I'm like, thank you for the opportunity, but I gotta go. Laws it ain't negative forty five, dude. Because that way you, oh no, I'll no. be the last gig you ever. Man, did. If, I, if I ever get a call like that, I'm like, who is this? Trump. Man, <laughs> fuck off my phone. Because <laughs> look what it's done to what's 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 the girl's name who can't catch a break? Oh, she got oh my gosh, Michelle. Yeah, yeah, she Ooh. can't she can't catch a break. Man. Yeah, and you know they've totally disowned Amarosa. Amarosa. Oh so my it's just god. Like, oh, with her getting kicked out, I, yeah, I, I was not surprised. Yeah. I watched the first season of The Apprentice. Mm-hmm. I, I, I did. I, seen, I watched I, the first season. I, too. I, I seen mm-hmm. how that chick is in action, oh, yeah. and, and she was just so. Self, not only ruthless, but a lot of self hatred. Because from what yep. I've been hearing, she's been disrespectful and rude to every yep. black person who came there from mm-hmm. the community, trying yep. to mm-hmm. at least take advantage of some of the initiatives that yep. they were trying to do. Mm-hmm. Yep. And 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 you know, so as 
as Robin Roberts says, bye, Felicia. You know? yeah. I, yeah. like, yes. I didn't even laugh about that because I was just kind of like, I don't care about her. And I'm just like, well, you can't come back to the community because you made that clear. But I'm oh, not going to laugh. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm not going to laugh at you. But I'm like, nobody wants to deal with you. Because, again, people are confused. They Everybody watched the, at least the first season of The Apprentice. And they saw how nasty yeah. she was. Yeah. That's remember, what, I, look, that's I remember the DVD. Yeah. Yeah. I know. She, she, <laughs> I thought know. she thought she was up here. But mm-hmm. the White House said, yeah, you a nigga. Mm-hmm. Deep down. You a nigga, so you got to go. Yeah, she was just there for her come up. She was just like, come on, she was there for her people. No, you weren't. You've never yeah. been interested in They're your trying people. Trying to have a of wedding in the White House and mm. all this other stuff. I mean, we. <laughs> anyway, we got to get ready to wrap this up yeah. because it's about that time. Okay, and we got to do this you. again. Though. But yeah, thank Sonia, you. thank you for coming thank you, on. Definitely, you want to let people thank you. let people yes. know where you are at, where you can be reached. Oh, my and to Facebook provide services. Oh yeah, my Facebook page is Black Intelligent Life, and um, my business name is Full Circle Therapy Services. And uh, both are based in Maryland. All right, all right. right. Give it up again for Sonya Ross. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. All right, so just want to close this out. We'll be back next week with some music and another mm. live broadcast. And um, so next week we're going to have the DJ Tip of the Week from DJ FX. All right. And, um, you know, and, and definitely next month, definitely next month, uh, we got some guests coming in there. So um, it's going to be spontaneous it's birthday month in February, mm-hmm. uh, February 5th to be exact. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I think it's no, um, no, no, I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. You're right. Never mm-hmm. mind. Never mind. So Never mind. On, on that note, you know, um, this is DJ Waheed signing off from Pleasure Life and Music or Party Life Music Radio because Pleasure Life Music is the is the publishing company that's going to be bringing the guests for our show next yes. month. All we so, know, they're both PLMs. Yeah, yeah definitely, check, I mean, definitely <laughs> check out www.pleasurelifemusic or pleasurelifepublishing.rocks. Yes. Pleasurelifepublishing.rocks. So yes. definitely check out the site. So on that note, I'm out. And I'm DJ FX, and we'll do this again on next week. Yeah, as long as we got good weather. It's all good. (laughs) (laughs) See you next time. That your team can affect my cream Gold and platinum plaques since I stepped on the scene I mean, keep the scene Jacuzzi full of women She hitting me and him and him Much love like Wimbledon My nigga screaming killer I'm overseas in my villa The mama suit strutting villa Twain switch the plan Cop the Lexus land Seek other Rockefeller Four hundreds and feather Loose seeds push threes With five in his eyes Knock a knock go cry By Mary Blige I die for my niggas Back to steel Chicken heads with sex appeal Reveal sexual acts Up in the chocolate dime, watch the mafia shine. Uh, uh, girls, get your own, can't uh, touch a dime of mine. And if you don't stop, then we won't stop. Continuous leader. Uh, you could be as good as the best of them, but as bad as the worst. So don't test me. You better move over. You can be as good as the best of them, but as bad as the worst. So don't test me.